tryout begin? I want somebody to give me that answer. Somebody, speak up. When you woke up this morning, what else? When you started training, young men, your tryout started when you took your first breath. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast. My name is Jordan Mount, and today we are joined by Marcus Brooks. Marcus plays for the Louisville Yellow Jackets, which is actually a prep school and team in TBL. Uh, man, Marcus, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, Jordan. How you doing? Uh, this is good. You know, a uh, little preface. This For you, it's 11.15 p.m. For me, it's 12.15 p.m. So this is, yeah. this, well, is ma- this is magic hour right here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you know, I just kind of want to introduce you a little bit. Uh, I want to ask you how your experience was in TBL this past year. Um, you know, before you say anything, you did shoot 41% from the on the arc this year, and I think that's considered to be a sniper. So, um, you know, how, how was that experience this year? It was good, man. It was it was great. Um, got my first taste of uh, essentially real pro ball. Um, you know, before this, I played a little bit of semi-pro ball. Um, but it was great just the networking uh, opportunities, uh, the places that I got to play as far as um, getting to see the opportunity. Albany Patroons facility, um, so much history there, being able to play there. The atmosphere was really great. Um, but just the organization that I'm a part of, the Louisville Yellow, uh, Yellow Jackets in general, um, is just so great. Um, they are more about developing young men uh, more than you know anything else. But at the same time, they're going to teach you how to properly play basketball, how to get yourself involved as well as get your teammates involved, and just kind of how to be able to market yourself um, so it's been a great experience so far, and I'm definitely looking forward to next season. I can't wait for it. Yeah, tell me a little bit about the video work that you've done uh, during the season and, and how they've given you that opportunity to do some video stuff. I know that's uh, a big passion of yours. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm actually working on trying to start my own um, production company uh, called Mindful Films. Um, and the Yellow Jackets have actually been very helpful through the whole process. Um, so we had two teams, essentially the developmental team and then the pro team. Um, so during all the developmental games, uh, I would film pretty much, I would take all the pictures. Um, and then I had another guy working with me from the team. Uh, his name was Jesse Williams. Um, he was doing kind of the video recording and everything. And we would kind of swap off whenever, you know, we needed to take a break from doing what we were doing. But for the most part, it was just, you know, getting the action films, kind of setting up the cameras, uh, kind of helping out a little bit with uh, trying to figure out the live stream and all that stuff like that. Um, so uh, working with Dr. Ackerman has been pretty fun with it. Um, she's kind of been guiding me through the process. Uh, she's been doing pretty much all the marketing for um, our team since, you know, they started the prep school in general. Um, so I've just kind of been taking what I can from her to kind of piggyback on that and kind of throw my own twist on everything. Right. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about uh, Dr. Ackerman and her husband and, you know, all the great stuff that they're doing. You know, I've talked with her just very, very briefly and, and they're really great people. So, you know, what, what's something, you know, things that they're doing, how are they like? And, and I know they're really great with the guys. Yeah. They're uh, doc and coach. They're phenomenal people. They're always on the go. They're always, always on the go. Um, just because they're trying to do so much for us. Uh, they're trying to get our names out there. They're trying to help people watch us. Um, and they're just trying to help us connect, um, with ourselves and with the community as well. Um, so they're always out and about um, speaking to city council members, um, speaking to people that are pretty much going to be able to open doorways for us, um, you know, outside of just basketball. Cause like I said, it's not just about basketball with them. It's, it's about developing um, 
a young individual into a young man and teaching them how to properly uh, be able to take care of their self, how to pretty much market their self, how uh, to start their own businesses, how to pretty much be their own individual. Um, so it's been great. They're very loving, compassionate. Um, you know, if there's anything you need, they'll do all they can to help you out for sure. Uh, so it's been a great experience. I enjoy being around them. I think that's all cool that, that they can do that for guys. I think that's a piece that the pro, like the pro game is missing right now is, mm -hmm. is, you know, people that can, you know, you can hoop, you can do all that. That's great. But like, you know, they're preparing you for after basketball. And I think exactly. there's agencies and things that do that, but, you know, being able to develop um, someone as a person and develop skills, you know, for the workplace after, because it's going to end like, you know, football, baseball, basketball, whatever yeah. it may be golf, it's going to end at some point. And, exactly. you know, for them to, for them to provide that value for you guys is, uh, you know, absolutely incredible. Um, have you thought about what you're going to do post basketball? Yeah. Um, so post basketball is essentially going to be, um, working on my whole production company, um, that, and then as well as I want to start up like a train of, um, personal training, gyms for basketball and then eventually uh add on to that and do more sports so i want to start off with the basic sports so pretty much like basketball football um soccer and then kind of just branch out to there um as you know the need for more sports increases or kids get interest in other sports and things like that i'm um, just kind of depending on uh the areas the locations of the gym and everything like that um it's pretty much just going to be a lot of self-made stuff so working on my production company um trying to train and then just pretty much getting into investing real uh, real estate really mm -hmm. no i think that's great i think side note real quick these are the two best beards that we've had on the show uh mine's oh, yeah, grown yeah. in nicely definitely, definitely. yeah we'll, we'll get the yeah yours is grown in nicely yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah, think yeah it's gonna be really hard to compete you know it with is. two great it beards is. on here so um <laughs> but let's let's dive into a little bit you know talk to me a little bit about your college journey i know that mm -hmm. um you started at k-state and mm -hmm. and uh you know where, where'd you go from there yeah so um it's definitely been some trials and tribulations um so i started at k-state I uh, was there for almost two years. Uh, while I was there, I was just doing academics pretty much. Um, I started off as a physics major uh, and then went open-end a little bit, kind of tested out psychology and business, um, kind of found out that business was more the route that I wanted to do. So did a little bit of the business field um, and then eventually moved down to uh, finances within business. Um, and then after K-State, uh, I realized that I did still want to play, um, you know, like my first year and a half not playing and everything. Uh, so I ended up um, playing at uh, a sister school out there called Manhattan Christian College. Um, and it's part, part of the NCCA, so National Christian College uh, Athletic Association. Played there for a semester. Things went good, um, but it was kind of difficult, you know going to school at two different schools and then trying to play plus still working at the same time it was a big workload. Um, so then I ended up looking for other options where I can just kind of play and focus on that. Uh, so I ended up finding, uh, finding out about a small NIA school down in Dallas, Texas uh, called Paul Quinn College. Um, so I went there for a little bit, ended up running into like some financial situations. Uh, so I ended up going back home, working for a little bit and then, um, one of the assistant coaches at Manhattan Christian ended up getting a head coaching job at Dallas Christian College in Farmers Branch, Texas. Um, so once he got the head coaching job, reached out to him um, and then ended up going to Dallas Christian. Uh, my first year there, uh, I broke my knee, so I pretty much redshirted that season, didn't get to play. 
Um, and then the following season coming up, I ended up running into financial situations again. Um, so I kind of had to shy away from that. So I pretty much just kind of been trying to save up and find a good time to get back to school. Um, so after that, ended up playing for the Dallas Heat for a little bit. Um, and then that kind of opened the doorway up for the Louisville Yellow Jackets. So that's kind of where I am now. I think that's great. I, I kind of want to touch a little bit on the on the knee surgery, and mm-hmm. you know, so I had knee surgery my my going into my sophomore year mm-hmm. of college, um, and it, I mean, I was out for I don't know six to nine months, and mm-hmm. and then I could finally like get on the court again, like just shoot, like my yeah. knee was it was I had two surgeries in a month, uh-huh. um, you know, mentally it's draining, you know, for me, yeah. um, I didn't. I didn't pursue uh, to play after that. I tried, you know, I had a couple of walk-on workouts, a few different places. Um, but, you know, talk about the the mentality that you have, you know, after that happens and just yeah, to keep going. It's tough. So like a lot of people really think it's more so like the getting back the muscle and the speed and everything like that um, from a like, neurological standpoint and as far as just um the rebuilding of the muscle in general um it's going to be so much stronger so as far as your physical attributes after an injury you're always going to come back tenfold because those muscles get torn down so you have to rebuild them and if you're rebuilding them uh, properly then they're going to essentially grow more and get stronger um, but it's the mental aspect that a lot of people don't really pay attention to and how stressful it can be, the fear of re-injuring it or aggravating it. You know, days you wake up, it's raining outside, so you can feel when it's raining and you just have a constant ache mm-hmm. wherever that injury is. Um, you know, just whether you tweak it too hard, you know, bang knees with somebody at practice or, you know, if you have a messed up foot or something like that and you put too much pressure on it, you know, it's just it's just always that that feeling in the back of your head that you're going to mess it up again. Um, so that can really take a toll on your body um, as far as the mental aspect and kind of deter you from actually going back to the way you played or um, trying to progress forward. Um, but I mean, if you can get past that mental roadblock, then the sky's the limit. Like I said, as far as the physical attributes, like those are going to increase tenfold uh, just because of the process of rebuilding the muscles and everything. Uh, so I would say to people more so focus on your mental aspect uh, when you're dealing with an in- injury, because that's going to be the biggest part to actually overcoming that injury and getting back to either where you were or trying to go be up that uh, above that, you know? Yeah. That's that slow grind, man. That stuff, yeah. That stuff, that stuff. <laughs> you feel like, uh, you know, like you, I, the, the point you make of the rain, like when it's raining or cold, yeah. you know, you're, you're in Texas kind of. So like, uh-huh. you know, but in Indiana, you know, it's snow and I'd be like, yeah. dang, I don't even want to you know, get up today because yeah. right? it's just so stiff. You're like, yeah. man, this is nuts. Um, but no, I, I think, I think your story is great. Um, just, just being able to, to come from, you know, an injury and then not playing and all this stuff. And, and then finally be able to play pro basketball is, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I know, I know you talked about, I know we talked the other day about how we kind of wanted to touch on the, um, you know, the, the racial injustice that's going on in the country right now. And yeah. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts and, and how you felt and, and how it's, how it, what it's like to be a, you know, African-American male in America right now. Yeah. Um, well, my biggest thing is, I mean, this is, been happening for a while. It's just getting publicized now just because it's so many more uh, devices that we can use as far as recording things, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone has a phone for the most part, and then all the officers are wearing the body cam. So those are automatically 
recording what's happening with the situations. Um, but just all this social injustice, the police brutality, it's it's been happening for years. Um, and then, you know, me growing up, majority, so I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, which is pretty much a PWI, so a predominantly white uh, area. Um, so just the stereotypes that you would get, you know, just getting around certain people and how they would just change their vocabulary or just the way that, you know, the slang they're using, things like that, you know, they, they wouldn't use it towards other people, but once you come around, you know, they start to use things like that. Um, just as well as having that stigma, you know, kind of being, um, wanting to be educated and actually be able to articulate my thoughts and things like that, you know, so um, you can kind of get pushed in a bubble to where, you know, you're an outsider to minorities because you essentially are trying to, you know, fit in with a different crowd. But on the same time, that different crowd is saying, oh, you're still a minority. So it's, you know, a constant mm -hmm. battle on both sides. Um, uh, but I just, you know, my whole thing is just education is is the key to all of this, man, because uh, ignorant, ignorance is bliss, really. So, you know, um, if we can just educate as many people as possible about the situation that's just going on and just how um, just racism as a whole is more than just black and white. It's a systematic thing. Like it, it, it has to do with housing. It has to do with education. It has to do with employment. It has to do with imprisonment, man. It's, it's so many different levels to it. Uh, so we just have to get educated on so many different aspects to what everything is going on. Uh, Cause it's a lot bigger than what we think is happening. Uh, Cause the police brutality is just ultimately a trickle down effect of what's been happening in between, you know, the upper class, middle class and the lower class and everything like that. Um, so this is just essentially a response um, to kind of how things have been trickling down. Um, but I mean, unity, man, love is the only way we're really going to overcome any of this. Um, you can't, you can't push out dark with dark. The only way you can push out dark is with light, you know, so yeah. it actually goes the same thing with love and hate. You know, the only way you're going to push out hate is with more love. And um, I mean, it's tough, but you know, we all go through things and, you know, it's things that, you know, we have to talk about. Like, I, um, granted, I haven't been in too many situations where it's been too life threatening, but I have come uh, across a few encounters. Um, you know, I have been pulled over a few times and they've uh, searched me pretty much unlawfully just because of accusations or assumptions. Um, but, you know, according to the law, you know, they have, you know, some type of uh, reason to search you than they will. Um, but, you know, I've never gotten found of anything or actually, you know, they've actually had proof that I'm doing anything. Because uh, for the most part, you know, it's just uh, them not feeling safe or feeling threatened or whatever with the situation. Um, like not too long ago, I was uh, riding um, on my way to work, actually, um, coming from home um, and I get pulled over and apparently the situation was um, there was uh, a murder, I guess, in the area that I live in. Um, and my car had fit the description of the car that was involved uh, with the crime. Um, so, you know, I get pulled over and they bring out like literally it was like five or six squad cars and like 10 officers are just like surrounding my cars. And like the whole time they're going through the procedure, you know, they're not telling me what's happening, what's going on. Like they're just going on about their business, you know, not caring about my safety or anything like that. Um, and then come to find out, you know, 
my car wasn't the right car. Um, they were saying, you know, like fog lights were messed up on the other car. My lights worked perfectly fine. Um, and then the guy was like, well, the, uh, the officer that actually pulled me over was like, my rims didn't even match the car that they had in the description and all this other stuff. Um, so it's just like, they took so many unnecessary steps just to find out that, you know, that I wasn't even the person that had anything to do with the situation. Um, so it's just things like that. And like little things when, you know, I was going to K-State, it'd be times where I'll be walking through campus and um, I'll be eating on an apple or something like that. And I would just toss the apple core. And it's been times where I've been, you know, approached by an officer because I, to I toss a, a apple core and I'm getting questioned down and I'm just eating apple on my way to class, you know. Um, so it's just like different situations like that. It's just just uh, growing up in different environments. Um, you know, it's it's little things like that that happen. Um, to minorities that, you know, the majority don't really understand or they can't really relate to because it's not happening to them, you know, like um, if someone that isn't a minority, like throws an apple core or banana or something like that out, you know, they're not really going to get approached about it. You know, someone might say, you know, just toss that in the trash can or something, but it's not going to be to the same degree um, that we would get the same, you know, attention. Like it's a lot more questions. It's a lot more pressure. Um, you know, when we're in those type of situations. Uh, so we could just educate ourselves on just the whole systematic thing about racism. Uh, then I feel like it could open the doorway to a lot more things and us actually understanding each other and kind of figuring something out, you know? Wow. That's, uh, man, I, I'm sorry that you had it. I mean, that's just incredible to me because like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so prevalent everywhere. Yeah. Right. And you, you can't, you can't say it doesn't exist. We can't pretend like it doesn't exist yeah. anymore. And, and um, you know, I had a buddy and, and he sent me an article and it's like, you know, the article, the whole premise was, you know, how are we going to move forward? Yeah. You know, how can we take times that have our busy schedules, you know, and make time for things that are important that should be important to us, you know, and, and then move forward because the, from now on, like nothing's going to be the same. It's not, not at all. We're never going to be able to go back to how things were. Like, mm -hmm. even if we were to find a solution to everything that's going on, like, even after that, it's not going to be the same. Like, there has to be changes that have to be made in order for us to be able to uh, coincide with one another and actually be on the same page. So it's going to be really hard for things to, you know, kind of to to digress down the way that it should uh, just because it's so much tension and it's been so much buildup over the last few years. Um, it's just going to be hard for things to just go back with the snap of the fingers, you know, uh, like we even got people arguing in the NBA whether they think uh, it's appropriate to play right now or they shouldn't. So, you know, it, it's going to just it's going to continue to build up like that until we actually all get on the same page and actually realize that the only way we're going to solve things is loving one another, you know. No, I think love is is the is the only the only answer to, to what we have. And, um, you know, for me, you know, my, my dad is white. My mom's from Pakistan. My stepmother is African-American. I, I see all these cultures. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I think it's great. You know, whatever you wherever you come from is, is amazing. And, and yeah. you know, I would love to learn about that. And but not everybody's like me. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's people that are closed off. Not everybody's like you. You know, you're, you're very open. We've talked, you know, yeah. about culture and all that. So, um you know, it's, it's, uh, we're just gonna have to wait and see it. And hopefully, you know, you know, we can use our platforms to, um, to really, you know, make a difference and, and, uh, you know, educate as many people as possible. Exactly. That's the ultimate goal, man. If we can just do that, anyone that has any type of platform whatsoever, whether you're just blogging or, you know, you write or, um, you have a 
platinum uh, a platform that's as big as a TBL or the NBA or the G League or anything like that. Just anything you can do to essentially get your message out. Um, it'll make a difference. Whether you're signing petitions, doing things like that, um, it all makes a difference, man. Because it, it, it adds up over time. It shows that we're actually trying to create unity. We're actually trying to bond together, and we're all fighting for the same cause. You know. No, I think that's great. I, I really do appreciate you sharing. I mean, we had the right person in TBL come on today, and and you and 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 talk about this. Um, this this very subject that, that needs to be talked about. This conversation is really hard to have. And, yeah. Um, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. But um, you know, we're kind of getting low on time, man. This is the fun part of the show. You yeah. Know, I want to talk about fishing with you. But I think this is going to be a little bit better. <laughs> we're going to have our rapid round. You know, okay. like I said, right now it's twelve thirty for me. Okay. Uh, Eleven thirty for you. you know, yes, we're, we're, we're gonna see how our brain works this late in the night. All right. So good. Evelyn, Evelyn Magley, uh -huh. I think got seven, six, and then um, Chris Allison, who's you know, the GM or oh, he's the owners of a couple team, team market owners of a couple teams. Uh -huh. um, he got twenty-two. Okay. So if you have one minute, okay. answer as many questions as possible. If I run out of questions, then you're good to roll. You win. Okay. Uh, cool. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Three, two. One, here we go. Favorite musician? Uh, right now, Rowdy Rich. Favorite movie? Uh, Godfather, part two. Favorite color? Green. Home fries or hash browns? Home fries. Favorite athlete of all time? Kobe Bryant. Favorite hobby? Um, taking pictures. Favorite song to sing? Favorite song to sing? Mm-hmm. Mm, that one's tough. Uh, I wouldn't say I really have a favorite song to sing right now. I listen to so much music. It's it's hard to pick one song, honestly. Favorite song to listen to? Um, right now, All In by Lil Baby. How many instruments can you play? Uh, zero. I played the clarinet a long time ago, but I don't remember how to play it anymore. Favorite meal? Um, chicken Alfredo. Favorite breakfast cereal? Uh, blueberry Wheaties. Ooh. Favorite city? Favorite city? Barcelona. Best barbecue in America. Mm. Three, Dickie two, barbecue. one. What? Where Dickies? What is that? <laughs> Where is that at? It's a good barbecue space at, uh, spot out here in Texas. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Texas got some good barbecue. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to run it back and see many you got. I think you got ten or eleven. You didn't beat Chris, but you yeah. definitely beat Evelyn. Okay. Cool. You definitely beat Evelyn. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Marcus, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I thought this conversation was great. It's it's a tough one to have, and, and mm -hmm. you know, the listeners love learning. You know, learning about you, but yeah. I think the uh, you know the greatest thing is is your perspective and mm -hmm. and just telling people and, and letting people know and, and use your platform. So, yeah, man, Marcus, just again, man. Come on, man. Yeah, this is great. So thanks for coming on the show. Uh, to all the listeners, uh, any any opportunities to play in TBL are coming up. Seven Energy Combine Series dates will be posted shortly. Thanks to all the listeners again. Shout out to TBL for providing us this platform. If you have any inquiries about the show, you can email me at jordanmount33 at gmail.com. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Y'all take it easy. Twenty two.